0: Love that song! <clears throat> how he loves us! You convinced of that this morning, like that he's just crazy about you. I uh, I I don't know how you did with last week's message. You know, I I prayed for that steadfastness that we talk about in Scripture. You know how the Scripture asks us, you know, to to, to pursue these qualities. And uh, as I've done that, it's just. You ask for those trials, and then they come, you know, it's been that kind of week, and going, God, that's what I asked for, and make me strong through that. It's weird how your mindset's everything, isn't it? It's like when you think, okay, God, I actually want some trials in my life, and I want to stand through them, and I want you to make me stronger through them, and so then they come, and it's like, okay, there it is. I'm going to pull it off. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and get through the week. And you go, wow, that was cool, actually. That was okay. That was okay. We made it through. And I go, God, you know what? Bring it on. A little little bit more. A little bit more. Not not too much more, but it's okay. It's okay. And even that is a sign that he loves us. You know, just the answered prayer to say, God, go ahead, bring some trials and then strengthen me through it and make me the person you want me to be. And so it's been such a great week that week, um, this week. (laughs) Um... I'd like to pray again. I'd like to, uh, I should have done this last week and I should do this more often than once a year, but I'd like to pray for our troops. Um, Sometimes it's just so easy to forget, isn't it? You know, those of us who haven't served in the military and haven't been at war, uh, you know, it's hard to even comprehend guys being at war right now while we're at McDonald's. You know what I mean? It it just, and I forget. So, So would you guys join me in a word of prayer? Father, it's hard to just throw up a blanket prayer for all of these people overseas. And I wish we could pray for each one by name and just know their lives, know their hearts, know what's going on, because each one's got a different thing going on in his head. But Father, you know them all. You know them better than anyone else. And I ask that you would draw them to you in the midst of their fears, insecurities, God, that they wouldn't run to other things, but they would run to you. God, we thank you for uh, their heart to serve the country. and, and, And yet, Lord, I pray that you would add to that just a heart to serve you, for those who don't know you, that they would understand you and live their lives for you and for your glory. God, I pray for everyone in this room, whatever battle they're fighting, God, just that they would see that you're the answer to everything. You really are. I'm not trying to be simplistic. You just really are. Nothing makes sense without you. Help us all to get that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you a couple warnings before I get started today. it was been an awesome, awesome service last service. But let me just say this. Stick with me, okay, through the whole talk. Okay, typically you can hear a message and you doze off for a little bit and catch five minutes here and go, ooh, that was good, huh? you know, because that's the way I think, you know. It's like it's just ADD, just grab whatever you can and go. Um, but this is one of those messages where you've got to track with me the whole way. Because it'll be very easy for you to grab something in the beginning and just have your mind go nuts and you know just run off with it. All this is what he said. Listen to what I say all the way through. Okay, I know I'm gonna. I'll make it quick so you guys can stay focused. I, I don't. I don't focus well. I, I'm. I'm not even focused right now. Okay, so it, it's just this is. This is going to be hard. But it was. It was a great, great service. And there's just a lot of. A lot of really important truths, but here's, here's the reason why it may be difficult. It may sound different um, from what you were taught, and and that's a scary thing to say, and that's why I want you to observe the scriptures, and look at the scriptures that I'm bringing up, okay, um, and, and evaluate for yourself if what I'm saying isn't true, because I know there'll be some arguments with this, but I, I ask you to make them biblical arguments, And show me scripture that will contradict anything I'm saying. Because I'm telling you, some of this is going to be new to you, new ground to you. And as I studied it, I realized, you know what, I'm not strong enough on some of this as I ought to be. And you need to know, I take this morning very seriously. I have prayed a lot for this morning. I have fasted for this service. And said, God, we got to get this. we got to understand this. So don't let any words come out of my mouth that are untrue. Make this biblical. Make this, make this just clear and help the people stick with me through this whole thing because it's, it's important stuff. So would you stand with me as we read the word of God? <coughs> you understand why we stand? Just, just you know, I want to do this every so often just to remind you of the reverence for God's word. Someone was telling me last service they sat in front of some 16-year-old girl and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, I don't want to stand. <laughs> you know, it's just like this. But do you understand why we do this? It's, it's uh, I know you're tired, <laughs> you don't want to stand, but there's a reverence I want us to have for the Word of God. Um, and remind you that these are not just a person's opinion. We didn't come in a room to get someone's opinion on something. We just want to see it in, in black and white. What did God say? And this is what we studied last week. Remember, we didn't get through the whole passage, but this is the part we got through. Uh, For Second Peter, verses uh, chapter one, verses five through eight. For this very reason, make every effort to to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, help us to understand this. God, unpack this for us. Help us to just, in our minds, in our hearts, just to consume this. And God, guide me now. I don't want to say anything that's untrue. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a seat. How, how did you do this week with, uh, you know, th- this being, making every effort? Remember it says make every effort toward pursuing those character qualities. Think back during your week. Was it something you were passionate about? It was something you were really seeking and you were making every effort because you wanted those qualities so badly. See, because as I studied this, one of my concerns, the deeper I got into this, is how we make things uh, so optional. And, I, and I, I need to come up with a better word by tonight. But optional is the best word I can think of. Is we, 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 you know, as, as Christians, you know, everything's just kind of optional. Do we need to pursue what we said last week? Nah, yeah, not really. I could probably go to heaven without doing those things. You know, it's just this, uh, uh, you know... And, and yet when I read the Bible, I'm going... Think it's nearly as optional as we think it is. Uh, for for example, following Jesus, we can say that that's optional, right? I mean, it's your choice. Either you follow him or you don't, right? Either, either you believe that he died on that cross for you and rose again, and you choose to follow him, or you don't. It's everyone's option. But is it really optional? Because if you don't follow him, you spend eternity in hell. That's your choice? You know what I mean? Like, like it's, 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 I know it's a choice, but um, I, I, I couldn't put, I, I was thinking all week, like, man, what is the word? How do I explain that? But we're so casual about this. And then when it comes to these character qualities, like I said last week, you know, the Bible commands us make every effort towards this. I'm like, I'm uh, Okay. Maybe if I, if I got time for it, we're so casual about these things and I'm going, gosh, the more I read this, I don't think it's that simple. I don't think we can just simply dismiss. I understand the freedom we have in Christ. But you'll see, as we study this passage, is it really that optional? Yeah, you know, if you do these things, you won't live an unfruitful life. But, but let's look at the passage. Look at verse 9. Verse 9, I'll put it on the screen. It says, for whoever lacks these qualities. Okay, the qualities we were talking about. You know, the steadfastness, the, the, the love, the brotherly affection. Whoever lacks these qualities... Is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Okay, I I love this word nearsighted. Whoever lacks these qualities, I never noticed that that word was in the Bible. I never really thought about it, but the more I studied, the more I just loved it. You guys know what it means, nearsighted. That means you can see something right here, but you can't see it, anything beyond that. And It's so funny. I'm at that age now. Well, you'll notice me every once in a while, I'll go like this. Paul, and, you know, it takes me a second to get it to that right spot. But that idea, I always laughed and thought, oh, that's so lame. What are they doing up there? Now, I'm... there it is. Paul and Apostle Christ. But I'm not getting glasses yet. I'm holding on. Um, it's this, the, the idea of nearsighted though, I, I love that description um, because you can see something that's right in front of your face, but you can't see something that's 10 feet ahead. All you can see is right here. And, it, and, and when you think about it, he says, whoever lacks those qualities we talked about, he says, you're nearsighted. Hey, you're so nearsighted, you're blind. Okay? Now nearsighted, isn't this the cause of most of our sin? Nearsightedness. Because all you can see is right here, there's something tempting you, and it's right in your face, right? And you just think, man, if I do this right now, all you see is right now, this moment, and you know it would bring you pleasure. You think, man, if I take this pill right now, I know how good it would feel, and that's all I see right now, that's all I can see right now. If I just smoke this, if I drink this, if I go on this on this on this website, I know it's going to bring me just pleasure immediately. If I jump into this relationship that's right there in my face, it will bring me pleasure. And you're not thinking, but what am I going to feel right afterwards? And what will my wife feel the next day? And what will my kids feel for the rest of their lives And what will I regret for all of eternity? But you don't see that. You just see right now. You're so nearsighted that you're blind. You you don't understand, man. You you look and you you can't see heaven. Man, you, you can't see this idea of forever. The fact that this could be my last message. This could be my last breath. Every breath, man. That's a gift from God, and I don't know when it's going to be over. And the moment it's over, then comes eternity, eternity, forever, forever. But you don't see that. You just see, oh, but this next breath, I really want to enjoy it. You, you don't see it. Man, if we, you know, I heard one, one pastor years ago go, man, if we could just dangle people over hell for 15 seconds, you know, and imagine the change. If we could just see eternity, just like, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, the way the Bible describes it of, of utter darkness. Have you ever been in a place that's just pitch black? And then, 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 this, then this fire and this constant, you know, he says, people wishing that they could die, but they can't. And this weeping and gnashing of teeth and absolute darkness forever. You can't see that. That's all you see is right now. And and you can't see heaven. You can't see what I was talking about last week where God says, look, no eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. He goes, you don't even get how good it's going to be. No one has ever seen, no one's ever heard about it, no one's really gotten in their head how great it's going to be. Those who love God, man, you are so set. It's going to be so good, so, so, so good, but you can't see that. You don't see the future. You know, you don't see how good it be, how bad it could be. All you see is, I just know for the next 30 seconds this would bring me so much pleasure. And he says, you know what? You're so nearsighted. You're blind. That's what they do with advertising, right? They just get you to feel that moment, man. You imagine driving off the lot in this. You don't see the next 12 years of payments. You know? And the regret you're going to feel and all the other things they could have done. Because right now, it's going to feel good to drive off the lot. And so you do it and you regret it for years, right? And, and it's, it's, it's that same idea. It's, it's, man, what? You guys, maybe right now, some of you guys are so nearsighted. You're just looking at something that's bringing you pleasure. And you're not going to stop it. And you can't even see what's ahead. And the potential of eternity. And you'll forsake this relationship with God and whatever else. Because it's all you can see. It says, uh, having forgotten. So nearsighted, he's blind. Having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. He says, did you forget what happened to you? Do you remember You remember when you didn't know God and you were just stuck in all that junk and none of that fulfilling? It just, it just wasn't there. Did you forget that you were cleansed? But the idea of being cleansed from your sins, you know, so often in church we'll talk about how you're forgiven from, you're cleansed from the penalty of your sin. You're saved from the penalty of your sin. You don't have to go to hell now. That's not what the scriptures teach. The Bible teaches, yes, you're saved, you're forgiven of that, but it says that you're saved from the sin itself. In other words, you don't have to go back to that. You've got a new power now. You've overcome those things. In fact, those who, who are believers are overcomers. You don't, you don't get stuck in that because you're a new person now. And that's why you have this new heart that says, you know, deliver me from evil. Lead me not into something. I don't want that. I don't see this thing, this thing that's right in front of my face. I don't want it, God. I want you more. I'm seeing the future. My eyes have been opened. Lead me not into this thing that's right here. Deliver me from that. I want to run from that. And he says, but some of you, you you're so, uh, you're so near that you're blind. And that's a scary word, blind. Because where in scripture do you see that word being used for a believer? I mean, what what I read in the scriptures is that there's the natural man who cannot see the spiritual things. They're blinded to it. But then, the believer, God opens their eyes and lets them see this whole world, and you accept these spiritual truths. If if you have your Bibles, you to, well, actually, no, we got it. Second Peter verses two twenty um, through twenty two. You can turn to the next page in your Bible, too, if you want. But it says this, because I think this describes it well. Listen to this. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. Okay, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop right here, okay? Stick with me. Um, Remember the last passage when we talked about being blind. Now you're thinking, wait, but you're saying if they're blind, then they're not saved? Are you questioning their salvation? And I'm going, okay, well, look at what he says in the next chapter. He's saying, wait, those who who somehow have escaped the defilements of the world and then they're entangled in in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. What does that mean to you? Let's read on. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them the dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. It's an interesting passage, isn't it? Okay, first, he's talking about being blind, and now he's saying, wait a second. So, those people who kind of got it, they understood what Jesus did for them, but it says, but then they go back to where they were and they're overcome and entangled in that sin, that mess again. He says, they're actually in worse shape than before they ever heard. Okay, and I know this strikes against some of you that have have said, wait, but I thought once I became a believer, I could do whatever I wanted to do. Don't I have that freedom in Christ? yeah, but the Bible says if you go back to this, though, then you you, you never really got it. In fact, it would have been better if you had never heard. Because now you heard, you knew the truth, and you decide to go back. He says you're in worse shape than before you first heard. He goes, in fact, it would have been better if you would never known the way of righteousness. See, some of you you, you know the truth and you've, you've gone back you've gone back to the old ways and he, it describes you he says this is what happens you're like a dog that returns to its vomit did you forget you were cleansed did you forget all this stuff you know and you remember when you threw up and you're like wow that's disgusting and you walked away and you started to follow Christ and then as you, you see the truth of Christ and you look at your vomit you go I'm going to go back and lick that up <laughs> that, that's he says that's what you're doing and he says that's worse than if you never heard, they, like you never got it. These are scary passages to me, aren't they? I mean, it, it just it creates this this, this weird like uh, thing where the Bible is Bible is clear. You know, we we like to give people assurance of their salvation, right? Like if someone's doubting their salvation, we want to be quick to say, "Oh no, no 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 no! I know you're saved because blah 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 blah." I don't know that that's our job. Okay, when I look at the the scriptures, it's saying, look at the fruit of your life. Uh, Just, uh, here, let's go to the next verse. Next verse, this will make it clear. Verse 10, hopefully. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Have you ever thought of this idea, therefore, brothers, okay, because you don't want to be the spiritually blind, nearsighted person, he goes, therefore, be all the more diligent. And again, this word carries with it a sense of urgency. You remember last week, make every effort. Now it's saying be all the more diligently, like, go after this. And, and this is a command, make your calling and election sure. Make sure of your salvation, but it doesn't say make sure by looking back at a decision that you made. The way that you make sure of your calling an election is by practicing these qualities. See, have you ever thought of this idea that we are called to be all the more diligent to make our... You understand, we talked about this. Someone's calling an election. Election means you were chosen. We were chosen by God, right? We wouldn't be here unless we were chosen by him. We we're called by him. But he says, you know what? Make make sure you really were. And the way you are sure is is, is not by looking back at some decision you made. It's by practicing these qualities and going, wow, look, look at how the Holy Spirit's changing me. Hey, doesn't everyone in this room want to be 100% sure that they're going to have it, right? Who doesn't want that? We want it. Now... Many people in the room, many of you, believe that once you truly decide to follow Jesus, you can't lose your salvation. You believe that a believer is secure. I do too. Okay? But some of us who believe that doctrine... Some of you are not sure whether you're really saved. Let me help you with this because the security of a believer—you know—the the the thought that you know what—if I'm really saved, that God saved me, if he if he called me, he'll justify me, he'll glorify, he'll take me through that whole process—and you'll look at that and go, "No, that's a truth," and that is a truth. There's a security in being a believer that he who began a good work in you. He'll, he'll finish it. He'll bring it to completion. So you can be secure in that. There's a, there's, there's a truth. See, the security of a believer is an objective truth. But the assurance of your salvation is subjective. Does that make sense? You see, see the, the, this doctrine of the, the, the assurance, the, the, the doctrine of security of a believer, is just a true fact. But for you to be assured of your salvation, that's something that's subjective. See, that's something where you have to be diligent to make your calling and election sure, to to get that assurance for yourself. See, if you're not living a godly life, and you're not close to Jesus, and you're not following him, you're going to lie in bed at night and wonder if you were ever really born again. That's just going to happen. That's the result of that type of lifestyle. As you lay there and go, was I ever changed? Is the Holy Spirit... Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. Right? But if you never experience the power of the Holy Spirit, how do you know that you have Him? Now some of you, your mind's jumping to the verses you know about... Eternal security, right and first one that jumps to your mind is first john five thirteen and first john five thirteen that's that 's a great verse let 's turn to it first John five thirteen says this <coughs> listen, most of you guys have this memorized because you were taught this is how you can be secure. God doesn't want you insecure. He wants you to know that you're saved. Look, First John 5, 13 says so. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Right? Because does God want to, secure, you know, insecure like, I don't know if I have eternal life. I don't know if I have eternal life. No. I mean, according to this verse, this is the verse we quote, right? Look, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Why? Why did John write these things? So that you may know. So you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. Great, 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 great verse. But let's look at this verse in context. What does he say? Because he says, I wrote these things. I wrote these things here in 1 John so that you may know that you have eternal life. Well, what are these things that he wrote? Let's look at the book of 1st John. 1st John chapter 1. Let's kind of go through it. What did he write? 1st John chapter 1 verse 6. What does he say? He says, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Chapter 2, verse 4. Listen closely. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. Verse 9. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. Verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Chapter 3, verse 6, listen to this. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. And by this It is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Verse 17, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Chapter four, verse seven, beloved, let's love one another because love is of God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. Verse 20, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Verse 4, everyone, chapter 5, verse 4, everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And so then you get to verse 13 where it says, you understand why I wrote all these things? So you can know whether or not you really have eternal life. So you can look at your life and go, man, that's totally me. I can't keep sinning. Man, every time I sin, I feel like crud. You know, I just got to change. I can't I can't go on in that pattern. That shows me the Holy Spirit's in me. Man, these people I would normally hate, I love them. I have that love. I don't hate my brother. Man, I have this bond no matter who they are. I I hold on to them. Man, that shows me that I'm really saved. You, You see all these things. And he says, man, but if you're just saying that you know God, but you don't obey his commands, he goes, you're a liar. But you go, wait a second, I'm obeying his commands. Look at who, who I used to be. And look at me now. Of course I'm a believer. But do you understand the assurance? It's because you go, wow, I can look at these things and know that I'm a believer. Because I'm living to these things. And that's why he says, you know what? Make, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. Because if you practice these things, you'll never fall. You pursue these things, and that's the assurance. Now, and a- absolutely, if, if, if you've been saved, you'll, the, you'll start seeing these things in your life. When I, uh, when I bought my current house, in the front yard there was this little twig that was just kind of sticking up out of the ground. I what, what's that? She goes, oh, it's an orange tree. All right lived there a few years now i think shot up beautifully tons of oranges on it Go, oh it is an orange tree that's what scripture's saying it's saying you'll see the fruit of it it's like you can come up to me and go hey i'm a believer i'm a follower of jesus christ i'm like all right maybe then you start seeing all these qualities and you see all the changes and go wow you really are See, and you go to bed at night and you look at all the qualities and going, man, I'm a new person. I, I experienced the Holy Spirit today. This, this is great. And that's where our assurance comes from. See how it's, object, it's subjective. It, it's an objective truth. But for you to get that assurance and, 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 and again, understand, man, I, the reason why I, I fasted and prayed for this weekend, knowing what I was going to talk about was, I definitely don't want anyone in this room, I don't want those of you who are believers to walk out and go, I'm not a believer. See, I don't want that to happen. At the same time, I don't want those of you who aren't true followers of Jesus to walk out believing that you are. And that's why I prayed. I go, God, no one can give a message that's that's going to be that perfect and that precise and get to everyone's heart. That's something you're going to have to do. Because the Bible says there are going to be people who are shocked at the end. I don't don't believe there will be many that will be shocked that they get to go to heaven. But the Bible says that there will be a lot of people that are surprised. You know, Matthew 7 says they're going to say to me on that last day, Lord, Lord, what are you you talking about? I I did this, I did this, I did this. And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. That, That scares me. But they thought. He says when the Son of Man returns in Matthew 25, he says he's just going to separate everyone. And he's going to say to the left, he goes, you know what? I, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty. You didn't give me anything to drink. And those people are going to be surprised. I go, what are you talking about, Jesus? I never saw you. And Jesus, you know what? Whatever you didn't do for the least these, you didn't do for me. Just like he says there in First John, when you have the goods and you don't care for, for people who are in need, he goes, how could the love of God be in you? But they're surprised. And I, I don't want that. That's why, that's why I prayed. I go, God, I, I don't want this and I don't want this. I just want truth. Man, and some of these verses that I was taught when I was young, I wasn't taught them in context. Did you ever see that in 1 John 5? Did you ever think about taking it in context with the book and how over and over he says, well, this is how you know, this is how you know, this is how you know, this is how you know. I wrote this so you would know. Like, oh, that makes sense. You know? Rather than just taking that one verse out and go, oh, God wants us all to be secure. Because let's face it, we've used that verse to to, to make people feel secure. Because we don't like, I don't like when people feel insecure. But I'm not the one to fix that. And we want to change that. And sometimes we'll even try to make someone secure that we have our doubts about. And I'm just realizing that that's not my job. This is this is something you'll get if you diligently make your calling and election sure. You pursue these qualities like crazy and you know what? You will be sure. You'll see it happening in your life and you go to bed at night and go, "Man, I'm good. Things are cool. This is an amazing thing with God. I can see the future. I, I I'm just not not the fu- you know what I mean? Like I can see I'm not nearsighted. It's you know, like, "Wait, I don't see the future?" You know, maybe I'm not safe. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You you know what I'm talking about. Um but it's 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 if I never if, if if you practice these qualities you'll never fall. No one wants to fall, right? This word for fall means it, it's it's a, it's a completed action. You just you're just down there. You're not you're not coming back up. You you you, you just fell. It's, 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 uh, it's kind of like that seed, the soil. Remember the parable of the soils? And there were different soils. There was the, the, the hard path, which would be like a sidewalk, and you throw seed on there. Like some of you guys, you're like the sidewalk. I could say whatever, and you're, you're just not listening. But then he says there's this other type that's called the rocky soil. And it's, it's not really soil. It's, it's like these rocks with a little bit of you know, uh, top dirt thrown on there, you know, that the root never gets in. And so something springs up, but the Bible says the moment that the trials come, it's gone, it wilts, it's, it's over with. That's why First Peter 1, 1.7 talks about the tested genuineness of your faith. You see, there's a tested genuineness where if it's really rooted in good soil, the trials will come and that, that you'll be steadfast, you'll hold it up. But but some of you, the, the only reason why you're still here is because you haven't really been tested. And the moment life starts getting too difficult, you're going to walk away from God. And you'll see that you were never that good soil. See, and, and, and yet we'll want to make those people feel secure. And I'm looking biblically and going, no, that's, that's part of the deal. Like, we, we, we're, not, we're going to feel it. If you're not following Jesus, you're going to feel insecure. Now, understand something, and I know some, a lot of you already do understand this, but I just want to make sure we all get it. The Bible teaches something that we call the perseverance of the saints, that those of us who truly believe, we're going to believe till the end. Okay, so a true believer is going to make it to the end with his faith intact. He's going to grow closer to God. That doesn't mean we'll have little slips here and there, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to make it to the end. Let me let me show you some verses. First, First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 2 says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you. Unless you believed in vain. Next verse. Hebrews 3, 6. And we are his house if. Indeed, we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Hebrews 3.14. We have come to share in Christ if, indeed, we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Colossians. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Matthew 24, and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Mark 13, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. You, you see this in scripture. It teaches that those of us who believed, man, you're secure and you're going to make it to the end. God's going to, he started work in you. He's going to finish that work. He called you. He's going to justify you. He's going to sanctify. He's going to glorify. It, it, it's all done. You're going to stand to the end. So if you don't stand to the end, what does that tell you? He says, at the end, understand, it's going to get hard. The trials are going to come. He says, lawlessness, lawlessness will increase. Do you see that at all in our world? Where people are saying, you know what? He can't tell me what's right for me. And he can't tell me I can't do that. Don't don't give me this law stuff. He can't command me. And he says, in the end, people are going to start hating you for the stance that you take. They're going to say, wait, you believe that? You're one of those? You actually believe that that's morally wrong? He goes, but the person, you know, as people hate you more and more, he goes, the one who makes it to the end, he's coming in, he's saved. See, this is the same thing that the scriptures are teaching here. You know, let me say something at this point. And again, hear this whole thing. And maybe you've never heard a pastor say this to you. There are times when I, Francis Chan, doubt my salvation. And there have been times in my life when I've even doubted the, ex- the existence of God. Now I can look back at those times and I may have them in the future. But every time I have those doubts about my salvation and even the existence of God at times, it is always when I have not been strong in my prayer life. Because when I'm praying and I'm reading the Word of God and I'm pursuing what He wants, the way He answers my prayers, it is so blatantly obvious And this is not just this, you know, crutch that I'm trying to make up. No, this is reality. I mean, during those times when I am tight with God and I'm walking with him and I am praying like crazy and I'm seeing, you can't tell me that God doesn't exist. I would look at you like you're crazy, like your mom doesn't exist. You know, I mean, what are you, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Gosh, you know, it's like, no, you made it up, you made her up. It's just, it's, this is, this is it. Like, there's, there's no way. I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Man, I am His, He is mine. The Spirit's crying out, Abba Father. Man, we are, we are just so tight. And there is no doubt. And the answered prayer, everything else where I just go, oh man, I know, I know. Thank you, John. I know that I'm saved. I know I have eternal life but then I'll stray a little bit and I won't be so close to God and I won't be praying and I'm not pursuing diligently and, and, and working hard toward or making sure my election is, I really am saved or, and those doubts start creeping in. So you guys know what I'm talking about. See, you, see, you understand it's this, this thing where he says, so man, don't do that. He goes, diligently pursue these things and you won't fall. Go after it. And then he finally, he says in, uh, in verse 11, I'll close with this. He says, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For in this way, I love this, for in this way there will be richly provided for you <coughs> an entrance into the kingdom. It's talking about when you die. And coming to the presence of God and entering what we call the kingdom of heaven, however that looks, this eternal kingdom, that there would be an abundant or a rich entrance. Okay, I've never really thought about this a whole lot, but man, was I thinking about this week. Have you ever, have you ever thought about the reception you're going to get when you get to heaven? because the bible teaches we don't just all go in the same way i mean we're all saved by his grace absolutely but you know like first corinthians talks about depending on what you did on this earth and how you lived your life some of everything you did could be burned up it's going to be shown to be wood hay and stubble and it talks about how you yourself would be saved but it says but as though through the fire it's almost like you went through the fire and you come out and you got nothing left you know you're sitting there you're everything just you just smell like smoke and you got nothing to show for your life and it's like oh hi guys you know versus the person who really did things for the for the sake of the lord for his glory for his majesty, you suffered and everything else and you put up with it and you stayed firm until the end and you were just going after it. He says, you, you pursue these qualities and you won't live an unfruitful life where everything's burned up. In fact, you're going to pull it off. You're not going to fall. You'll get to the end and you'll have a rich entrance into the kingdom. And, and I'm willing to bet, I would, I would bet my house on this, that uh, many of you have never even thought about this. Because you're so insecure about your own salvation that you would be happy just to get in at this point. And that's all you think about. You don't think about this entrance. It's like, Kathleen's here! Yeah! You know, it's, it's not like this, man, you know what she did when she was down there? Uh! You know, it's not like this whole... You're, you're not even thinking about that. You're just going, man, I don't, I don't even know if I'm one of those that are in. I don't see the fruit in my life. I don't see it. Man, I'm, I'm stuck in this, 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 this. And you're stuck in that insecurity. And... And, 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 I am not here this morning to tell you, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. You're good, you're good, you're good. Because that, that never works anyways. No one else can assure you of your salvation. You know, even if I did sit down and show you all these verses, it's still, you'd go to bed at night or anytime you'd open up the Word of God and go, ooh, that's not me. Oh, that's not me either. That's not me. And, and you're just like, wow, I wonder if the change ever happened. Look, that's, that's just the way, that's the way it's designed. If you're not living for Him, you don't see the fruit you are going to question. And God doesn't want us to live that way. That's why He says, just go after it. And if you go after it, you're never going to fall. You'll stay until the end. Because that's what my saints do. And He says, besides, I'm doing this work in you. I'm the one. Just know me. Stay close to me. And I'll give you all of these things. Remember, He's the one that's given it to us. He granted us by His divine power everything that pertains to life and God. This is an amazing passage. You know? And he says, so man, so diligently pursue those things. You pursue those things, you won't fall. You pursue those things, you won't be, you won't be so insecure. Your, 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 your election, your calling, you'll be sure of it. And not only that, but when the end comes, man, there's gonna be this rich reception for you. And you go, man, that's awesome. So let's follow the Word of God. I, I just love it. I love it. I love, I love, I love the Word of God. I struggled, you know, as I, as I thought through all this stuff. I thought, okay, how do you end something like this? And, uh, and I really don't know because I, I'd love for you all to walk away secure, but that's not something that I can make happen, <laughs> you know? It really is whether you are diligent to make your election and calling sure so that you can live with peace, so you can live with grace, and you can just know, like John says, that you have eternal life. Um, but I'm gonna have the worship team come up, and we're we're just gonna close with a song. And, and 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 during this time, see, I don't I don't know what it is in your life that you got to do. That you maybe maybe there's some things in your life that you've just been like you. The word came alive. Like, wow, I am nearsighted. This is all I see right now. But that's not what God wants for me. I'm gonna diligently pursue those other things. So I quit feeling this insecurity of wondering who I am. I, I'm gonna pursue these and put to death the deeds of the flesh. So then I can look back and go, man, of course I'm saved. Look at all that stuff I just walked away from. Look at me. I'm a new person. My baptism was real. I really did die to my old self. And I decided to walk again in this newness of life. But some of you today, maybe, maybe you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. Never really meant it. You look at your life and you go, I don't see any of that. I don't see that. I, I, I'm like the guy that, or the dog that went back to its vomit. I'm still stuck in this. And the Bible says I'm in a worse shape than I was when I first started. You guys, that's not what God wants for you. It doesn't matter what you've done at this point. Okay? You've got to understand this. Don't listen to my message and go, okay, I better get myself together so that I can be a Christian. I better get myself together so that I can get baptized. No, it's the exact opposite. You become a Christian and you let the Holy Spirit come into you so that you can become this person. That baptism was the first step. of was saying, okay, you know what, that's what I want. I don't want that. I want to be saved from that. I want to escape that, so give me the power to do so. And I will publicly get in front of everyone. And look, my decision's real. This is embarrassing for me. I don't like to get in front of crowds, but I'm going to do it because I don't, I, don't, I don't care. You know what? This is so important to me. And I'll, I'll show everyone I'm going to die to my old self. I'm going to follow Jesus. I want his Holy Spirit in me. And I want to start living the way he wants me to. And I want to live a, a life where every night when my head hits the pillow, I go, man, I know. I know who I believe. And I know that he saved me. And I know that his child, I'm his child. And my spirit's crying out, a Father. Don't leave here with that insecurity. Um, if you have it, be diligent to make this week differently.